0: Absolutely.
1: Real Life Rebel Podcast. I'm your host, Lucianne Lewis, and in this episode, I've got a special guest with me. Sam is the queen of permission. She empowers women to give themselves and each other permission to be unapologetically you, be courageous and face your fears, desire more whilst doing less, and get unstuck. Sam is a positive psychology and mindset life coach and a psychotherapist. With six years of university qualifications, Mama to a beautiful four-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. With over 15 years' experience supporting women from all walks of life, thousands in fact, it's Sam's mission to support modern-day women to experience fulfillment, self-acceptance and unbridled joy.
0: (laughs) Sam, welcome! Oh, thank you, Lucy. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so, so pleased to have you
1: here. Um, yes. So, what's what's been happening? What tell me a bit about you.
0: What's been happening? Oh my gosh, well 2020's been a, a bit of an odd year, hasn't it? With covid, Very homeschooling, <laughs> um, <laughs> running a counseling business from home during covid. Um but yeah, I guess we're lucky and to be in Perth that everything's kind of going back to the new kind of normal for now. So mm. Yeah, just um, in the first week of school holidays, which has been really nice, kind of having that balance between, well, not that balance, but that blend between, you know, spending some time with my daughter, Amelie, who's four, Mm. on her holidays, and then spending some time on my business, getting ready for a launch, which I'm really excited about. Ooh, you tell me more about that later. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I don't know, just feel quite... um, Quite happy and content at the moment, I think.
1: Oh, that's really good. I'm really pleased to hear that. I kind of, I know what you feel. You feel it's kind of like. Um... Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's um... Not gonna happen, right? <laughs> We had this, like, big talk before. <laughs> anyway.
0: Um, it's so hard, that it. <laughs> so hard. I reckon we should just leave it in there. Yeah,
1: yeah, probably will. That's life. <laughs> yes. Um, well, yes, I, I understand what you feel. It's like kind of that, um, you know, anxiety and a bit of grief um, mm-hmm. when all of, like, COVID stuff was going on and it's kind of all, well, for us at least, sort of settled down.
0: Yeah. a bit and
1: going back to normal and well, yeah. normal.
0: yeah i feel a lot of gratitude i think for what mm-hmm. i have like you know that i love what i do and i get to have a bit of a nice blend between my business and my motherhood
1: yeah yeah i totally get that
0: yeah yeah
1: so there was, um, I was going to ask you, Sam, I, was, um, I spent a bit of time with you recently in that beautiful container that you created, the Happy Biz Mama Project. Um, and inside that container, you talked a bit about the paradoxical theory of change. And I'd love for you to talk more about that.
0: Okay, so it's a bit of a mouthful—the paradoxical theory of change—and mm. um, it's basically a Gestalt term, which is a type of psychotherapy uh, that I've been trained on in Perth. In, trained on in Perth, it's a four-year training experience. But so, the paradoxical theory of change is really the idea that you cannot fully change until you actually fully accept who you are it's almost like you have to experience being fully yourself and becoming fully yourself before you're able to change. Mm. So instead of some kind of approaches um, to change where there's quite a push and a force kind of attitude, um, with Gestalt and the paradoxical theory of change, it's more about being and paying attention to what your processes are and who you are, and the more aware you are, the more you're able to change. Mm,
1: yeah. I love that. And so, like, how do you, like, how do you feel, like, what's the process of, like, feeling into that?
0: Yeah, so it's kind of self-acceptance, but it most, this is why I love offering online group experiences because it's actually most powerful when you're in a group and you feel accepted. So, like, my experience of the paradoxical theory of change was when I was doing the Gestalt training course. Like, I'm actually a very shy person in big groups and I don't like talking in educational settings. I'd always freeze up if, like, a lecturer asked me to demonstrate a counselling technique in front of my peers or asked me a question. I'd feel a lot of anxiety. Uh, and I get a lot of judgment, like in comments made about, oh, you don't participate in class, and you're too quiet, and all that. And so, because I used to battle with myself about that part of myself rather than accept it, it just got worse and worse. And so, when I started this Gestalt training experience, we all had to sit around in a group. There was 14 of us, and we had to share in a circle. You know how we were feeling, what was going on, and even do therapy in the middle of the circle and oh i just didn't realize how hard that would be for me the first mm. couple of weekends i just shared with the group like i'm just feeling so anxious i don't want to talk i don't want to be seen i just want to hide what was really interesting was that when i actually started i used to just pretend you know try to try to hide subtly and i wouldn't actually tell people how honest how how nervous i was when i actually told people that that's what i was feeling that that's what i was experiencing and then the leader of the group and my peers were so accepting this really paradoxical thing happened Mm. where i started to show up more in the group and by the end of the four years i was really present in the group and um, really visible but it was only because they accepted me and how i was feeling in that moment that i was actually able to change
1: yeah Oh, it's so important to feel that acceptance, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. I've never had it before. I'd always felt really shamed about who I was. that I didn't feel confident in a group, and yeah, it really changed me. So that's a little example that I have.
1: That's beautiful. I really, um, I really love that, and I really just love what you're saying there about the, you know, being totally honest yeah. with how you're feeling. And giving people the chance to accept you Mm -hmm. and not judge you and, you know, then comes like that comfort and the, you know, feeling of being seen Mm -hmm. to get you to, you know, feel more comfortable and open up more and, and yeah, I love that.
0: Yeah and it's really interesting too because I've done a lot of one-on-one work and one-on-one therapy and coaching but I'd never really worked through that issue because it it doesn't come up one-on-one like uh, mm-hmm. it's only in groups that I felt that way and that's why I think there are some things that we can't really resolve one-on-one we we need to be in a group to kind of work through them yeah
1: I love, I've, you know, I'm quite new to the group coaching,
0: um,
1: but I absolutely, the, the couple that I've been in particularly this year, um, just have been such a beautiful experience. Like it's so lovely to have, um, not only the support and knowledge from whoever's leading the group, but also all of the people that are part of it as well. Like, it's just so lovely.
0: Oh, it is. um, I mean, when I launched the Happy Biz Mama project, which you you were in, and it was beautiful having you in that space, I I kind of wasn't sure, okay, will this group experience translate online? Because I'd done it in person, but it really did. And as someone who was kind of holding the space and facilitating the group, it was so beautiful. I would often just sit back and not really have to say much because the the mums in the group were just you know, supporting each other. And I'd hear one mum talk about something they were struggling with and I'd know that someone else, you know, had struggled with that exact same thing because they'd been messaging me about it. And so even if that other person didn't speak up, I knew that something was going in for them. Mm. Yeah, it is really rewarding, I think, the the power of the group and especially when you feel fully seen and heard by other people. It's really transforming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel, I think um, also, you know, there's no, like you said, like there's no pressure to share. Like you can, even if you just sit and listen, you still get like
0: so much out of just being in the space. Exactly. And that's something that, because I am, quite introverted and I used to go to groups and just sit and listen and I'd get so much out of them but people would judge me because I wasn't talking I never ever pushed people to talk it's always like if you want to share you can but you're also welcome to just listen so yeah it's really nice to have respect and um, empathy for the listeners as well in the world
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so, um, and you, you work mainly with mums, that's right, isn't it?
0: Yeah, well, look, the, the Happy Biz Mama project that I um, launched earlier this year, that was just for mums in business, but I had so many women in business kind of message me and say, oh, I feel really aligned to what you're talking about around the self-acceptance, self-compassion and all of that. So. And I realised when I was reflecting on the Happy Biz Mama project that I didn't really talk that much about parenting or, mm. you know, it was, it was very much stuff that could be applied to all women. Yeah. And so many women who don't have children still have caring roles in their life They might have, you know, an elderly parent or a pet that they love or, you know. So uh, my next experience for Mission Granted, I've decided to open up for all women. Wonderful. Um, but I think that I'm still... I'm still going to attract a lot of women who are mummers and I still want them to feel safe to talk about motherhood, but I just want to include those other women too. So, yeah. And yeah, I think, so um,
1: sorry, <laughs> sorry yeah, to interrupt. Okay. I love that. I was just going to say, like, I yeah. think because um, you're quite honest with your yeah. experience yeah. around motherhood, which I love, yeah. Yeah. and um, your experiences when Amelie was younger and how you didn't enjoy being a mum at that yeah. point. And I think that that's, um, you know, something I will, every mother I'm sure can relate to. (laughs) 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 Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's, like I just found the first couple of years really hard I think because I am quite type A I'm quite ambitious and driven and and I've been working in my career as a social worker and therapist for like 15 years so I found um, the early years of motherhood quite tough because I think I told myself that I had to give up that side of myself like to be a good mum I should be full-time stay-at-home mum until she's one and then you know and I so I didn't really give myself permission to be who I who I really am and then I think I just got a little bit bored and a little bit I guess flat and yeah so there were definitely times that I I struggled and I enjoy motherhood a lot more now that she's a little just that little bit older mm-hmm. and I have that little bit more freedom and you know, I know that's really different. Some mums love the baby stage and they love the early toddler stages, but I found them really hard.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm exactly the same. I, um, it's definitely, I don't know, apart from, (laughs) apart from at the minute, she seems to be having a bit of a separation anxiety, but, um, yeah, definitely like now that she's a little bit older and she doesn't need so much, um, supervision all the time either, or like, um, the other weekend we went out, just the two of us, and like did a bit of shopping, and it was just it was such an enjoyable morning with her. Like she didn't run off or nag me for things. It was just, you know, like it was it was just. I, don't know, I got home, and I was like, oh, that's that's the, that's what I want. That's what I enjoy. That's you know, like it, that was easy and fun, and yeah. I enjoyed her company.
0: Yeah, and it's okay. I think uh, I've shared this story before, but. The thing that really helped me was, because I actually, I think the baby, the first year wasn't as hard for me as like one to two, but Emily's a bit hypermobile and she wasn't, she didn't walk till 17 months. So Mm. that was quite frustrating for her and it meant that she needed me a lot more. Um, but a friend of mine who's a social worker as well, who has older children, she told me, "Well, I didn't enjoy those young years, but now that I'm I've got older children, I really love being a mum." And that almost just gave me this little thread of hope, like, "Okay, just because I'm not enjoying it right now doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not going to enjoy it later." Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, yeah. Sometimes you just hear the right message at the right time to get you through.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's why it's so important um, for mothers to share their experiences with motherhood. Yeah. Um, I know when I was a new um, mum and it wasn't, I don't know who, I can't remember who, if it was me or someone in my circle had been, had said that they'd had a really bad night or like it was something and they weren't enjoying their child at that point. And someone commented on the post, like, oh, you know, you should be so grateful that you have a child because so many people can't. And it's like that's so not what it's about. Like I'm not saying that I'm not grateful. I'm so grateful that I've got my child. I love them. doesn't mean I don't love them, but I don't enjoy them right now.
0: And like that actually it's okay. (laughs) That's totally okay, you know. Uh, Yeah, and I think it's true. Like sometimes I worry if I say if I talk about not enjoying motherhood or yeah, I say that I didn't enjoy those early years or that I found them hard, of course I enjoyed some moments and the relationship's really beautiful, but I didn't enjoy my experience of life
1: then.
0: Mm. But yeah, I worry about judgment. Like there's a lot of fear of judgment around, you know, like it's not okay to say that and you should be grateful. But that just creates this sense of shame then, you know, in women like, oh, I'm a bad mum because I'm not happy all the time you know, so yep. that's why I try, even though I sometimes find it hard, like I think the first time I shared some of this, I actually cried in a Facebook live. It kind of snapped up on me. Mm. I didn't realize how emotional it was, but I still try to share this stuff because I think, well, it might help some, an, another new mum to hear that, you know, it's okay to not enjoy every moment of motherhood.
1: Yeah. And I don't know about you, but at the times that I share particularly hard things yeah. or like really, um, just just to he's just being an asshole. Like let's let's just be honest. Like she's just being an asshole, and I've shared that, and I've yeah. had so many messages from okay. mothers saying, like, like yeah. thank you so much for sharing. That. Yeah. Like I so relate. Like
0: yeah. I just
1: love that you're so honest about your journey with motherhood, yeah. and like that is just so lovely to know that <laughs> you know just that you just just helped at least just one person. Yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> you know? and- and it's not all the Instagram perfect images, you know, of like motherhood. Like, that's what, you know, that's it's lovely to share those nice happy moments and the joyful things about motherhood, too. But it is important to share like the balanced experience of it. Definitely. I think, yeah, yeah. I love that you yeah, share that,
1: you know. Yeah. Yeah and and it's been helpful for me to know that I'm not that I'm not alone like Absolutely when I when alone. I share something yeah, and yeah. someone's like same It's like oh so good to know I'm not the only, only one there
0: yeah and it's it, like I did really love the the Happy business project was so uh, um rewarding because I loved it was like that combination of what it's like to be a a woman in business and a mum at the same time and of course I launched it and started week one just as COVID had really hit us hard in Australia yeah. so it was fun like what's it like to be a mum in business during COVID <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know and so it was just the most rewarding experience holding space for those mums but mm. I really want to still make sure that my next experience it, it still feels safe for them to share but it also feels safe for the women who aren't mummers to share mm. so, yeah. and that I think that's a real skill actually like creating safety in a group and Making sure that people can speak openly about their experience without yeah.
1: judgment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's something else I was going to ask you about, but it's gone now. Hmm.
0: Maybe I should ask you a question. Put myself. On. Yeah. <laughs> we we'll
1: just switch the interview yeah. but it's funny my brother um who does all the editing he was like maybe this season we should do an episode where I interview you and I'm like I think oh, that's a great idea I would love that I want to hear you being interviewed yeah um yeah. i definitely have to put that one on the list yeah I
0: think it's a really good idea yeah
1: um so Something else that we have in common is that we're both um, Montessori mums as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think um, one of the, I like, I don't know about you, but when I first um, decided to send Tilly to a Montessori play group, we started with, mm-hmm. um, you know, I do what any mum does. And I joined all the Montessori groups on Facebook yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it was mostly, I realised, like, looking back, it was such a mistake. But, you know, you don't know that at the time, do you? <laughs> and um, it was all these, you know, picture-perfect playrooms and, like, Pinterest-worthy um, photographs. And I was like, you know, you get that feeling, like, oh, my God, like, I'm doing it wrong, <laughs> um, you know. And then you... Realise actually there's no wrong way to do it. Like you've got to do it the way that fits for you and your family. And so I promptly left all the groups.
0: (laughs) Love it. I was going to say, I didn't even know about these Facebook groups. I'm kind of glad that I didn't find them. I've got to be honest, I'm probably like the worst kind of Montessori mum in that I just knew that I wanted some kind of alternative from the mainstream system for my daughter, but I didn't really when we started the play group before she started school, I didn't really understand what Montessori was. I just knew that it was holistic, which was really important to me with a mental health and counselling background. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I didn't want a lot of pressure and a lot of grading and kind of performance-orientated stress. So I think, yeah, I I think I started Montessori quite naively, like not fully knowing what, what it was. No, because it sounds like you're like the expert, you know,
1: you understand no, it all. <laughs> not in any way, the expert, uh, not in any way. Um, I, I, I mean, I felt the same. I, I knew that I didn't want, like I had a really horrible school yeah. experience. It was a really horrible time in my life. Um, and I knew that I didn't want Tilly to have the same, the same or similar experience as me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so, yeah, I wanted a much more gentle way Um of educating um which is why I sort of fell into it um but yeah I mean I'm not you know I wouldn't call myself a perfect Montessori. I wouldn't call myself a perfect anything but you know
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like anti-perfectionism mm. <laughs> it means I'm kind of lazy <laughs> in a good way
1: yeah but um yeah no I do I do love the philosophy um yeah. And it is a beautiful, like Tilly just thrives in that Mm -hmm. environment. I'm sure Emily does too.
0: Yeah, she really does. It was like a lot of second guessing those, I guess, as a mum, you often really analyse your choices that you make. Mm -hmm. And it was a big decision for us. Uh, But, yeah, I feel really good about that choice now. We've been there for about a year and a a year and a half. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, Well, why don't you tell me about your new new thing that you're going to launch out into the world soon? I'm really excited to hear about it. I'm so excited
0: too. It's interesting because the first time I launched, I felt so nervous and so scared and it kind of like almost kind of hijacked the launch. I had to do like a lot of journaling and reflection and mindset work to actually be able to launch but this time it feels so much easier and I feel more excitement than nerves. Mm. Uh, I'm still a couple of weeks away from launching so maybe (laughs) the nerves will really kick in soon but look so Permission Granted really actually was born out of the Happy Biz Mama project experience in that um, yes the Happy Biz Mama project we talked about motherhood but I felt like so much more at a deeper level was about that feelings of like, am I, am I enough? You know, can I face my fears when I launch things? You know, can I do hard things? Uh, and what I also found was that the Happy Biz Mama project was like a six-week online experience. And, like, when you're doing weekly uh, coaching and weekly learning, it's very intense for women mm. in business and for mums in business. And the group got so connected right at the end just as we were finishing up. So the feedback I got was that it was just a beautiful experience, but that women wanted longer. So I've created a six-month sisterhood experience. Wow. And so instead of doing weekly calls which I, and weekly lessons, which I think is a bit much for some women, um, we're going to be doing monthly lessons and monthly group calls. And that means that there's going to be this beautiful six-month sacred container of women who, when they commit, they're committing to the whole six months and it won't be like a membership where there's people coming in and out of the group. It'll be a really sacred container. And it's all about um, giving yourself permission to do what you really want to do in life, to face your fears, to remind yourself that you are enough uh, to be able to say no and stop people pleasing. So I feel like it's almost like the, the core of the stuff that, that came up in the Happy Biz Mama project. But I'm really opening it up for all women Uh, Some of them will be small business owners. I think a lot of them will be. But also so many women who, like, they contact me and they're like, oh, I really want to launch a business but I'm too scared or I really want to start painting and become an artist but I'm too scared. So a lot around fear and, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a really beautiful experience. Um, And, yeah, I think that I've already got a few women interested and I just have a sense. This is something that I find is really helpful in launching like almost really imagining the group of women and the experience they're going to have before I launch and just mm. trusting and calling in those women. And the, cause it's all about, it, I think for me, launching is all about attracting the right group of women, you know, and they're women who are really loving and compassionate and, and kind and generous with each other. And that just makes the experience. So yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Super excited.
1: it sounds Absolutely amazing. Amazing. And if your Facebook group is anything to go on, and obviously the experience I got in the Happy Biz Mama, it's going to be just
0: a mind blowing, beautiful six months. Yeah, I think so. It's going to be beautiful. I started mapping out the dates and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to get to work with women for six months. Like it's just going to be so deep. Yeah. Sometimes in a short course as well, like I'm very cautious of people's, um, I guess, psychological safety. Like you don't want to go too deep and then have people feeling raw and unsupported. So Mm. I think, six month experience we'll be able to go really deep as well and talk about some of our early experiences and our childhood if if people want to uh, so yeah I just feel so excited about it
1: it's amazing I and I'll um I'll put the link to the wait list in the show notes so if anyone wants to get on a wait list for that she can um head to the show notes and sign up and i'll also link um sam's group the pathway to permission because you've got some amazing free masterclasses in that group as well which are yeah.
0: awesome yeah Oh my gosh, I was blown away. That's something we haven't spoken about today. But procrastination is a huge thing that I help women
1: with.
0: Mm. I ran a free masterclass, which was around how to stop procrastinating and get unstuck. And I literally had like 150 women sign up for that within a week. And so many women have emailed me talking about how they've started taking action from that free masterclass. So yeah, I yeah, have people to jump in that free Facebook book group and I'm going to keep the masterclasses up.
1: I actually sent one of my clients to watch that, that masterclass the other day. She came in and she's like, I've just been procrastinating about this and that. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm going to send you to go into this group and watch this masterclass on procrastination.
0: Yeah, honestly, it was really interesting learning for me because I ran two masterclasses, one on procrastination, which it was just a little kind of nudge I had that that would be quite an interesting topic. And then I also ran one on how to plan your week so that you prioritize yourself. And it was so interesting. I think this is a real reflection on our priorities in society, because I think I only got like 20 people sign up for that, mm. one, which was kind of more around self-care and looking after yourself and putting yourself first. Whereas the productivity procrastination one was so popular, so mm. that's something that I would like to change about society too. Like I think it's important to take action and to get unstuck, but I also do really think it's important to take care of ourselves and slow down, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, so is there anything else that you'd like to cover, to talk about? Um.
0: I know we, I mentioned like we had quite a similar experience around a relationship. Yes, tell me I, about I, this. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it or not. Yeah. You so, okay, you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is something interesting. Um, yeah. So I applied for a TED talk the other day, and I didn't. I didn't get it. But I felt really proud of myself for applying for it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's what we just need to be able to do more as women just go for things and not get so attached to the outcome yeah. so but yeah that my the ted talk was a little about this story which i realized i haven't really shared with anyone before in my business because it was in my 20s mm. and I, I focus so much on my experience of motherhood and business at the moment But um I, I guess really an experience that completely shaped my life and changed who I was, was that I was in quite a toxic and emotionally abusive relationship in my early 20s. I think back then I didn't have very high self-worth at all. And I didn't, I basically felt like I needed to be in a relationship to feel good about myself. And it sounds similar. Yeah. I see this pattern <laughs> a lot of women in the early 20s and, yeah, I think I I just didn't see, I, I thought I was so in love with this person, I didn't really see what was happening in the relationship. Um, yeah, the person had a lot of uh, alcohol and drug dependencies and things like that that also impacted on me. So after four years, uh, I ended that relationship and I felt like my life was over. I was really sad and thought that, you know, I wish that the relationship had worked out. But I didn't even realise how toxic it was at that time. And mm. then I went, and at this point, I was only a new graduate social worker and I had no interest in counselling. I was just doing case management and advocacy. But I went and saw a counsellor and she said, oh, my gosh. I told her my story and then she said, you have so much to celebrate. Like, you've just gotten out of this really toxic relationship and imagine if you hadn't. And it was like... I don't know. I think it's very rare in one session of therapy or coaching to have such an aha moment. But mm. I just remember walking out of that session like a new person, like I, she just totally reframed the way I'd seen the breakup. Yeah. And that was the beginning of me unpacking a whole heap of shit that I needed to work through around. Why was I such a people pleaser? Why? People used to say to me, oh, you're so easygoing, Sam. And mm. I'd say, compliment but actually it was just me like always giving in to other people yeah yeah so I had to do a lot of work I think I saw that therapist for about 18 months but it was really life-changing and that's what made me decide to become a therapist and to do the extra training yeah very similar Yeah, see, when you shared one, because I was like, oh, I should share this on um, social media because it's a big part of my journey, and then you shared a post on Instagram and I was like, oh, my gosh, Lucy, no wonder we clicked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. and it was the same. Like I really didn't see um, how abusive and how much of a hold he had over me until I was out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true, like... I think, I think often, well not often, but when I'm having a moment, um, you know, imagine if I hadn't got out of that, where would I be now? Like not here. That's for sure. Like, yeah, cause been. it's the same. Like I, um, I was in a really horrible work environment as well. And it's, it was also the catalyst to get out of there and set me on the path to where I am now.
0: Yeah. Isn't it amazing? It's kind of like our worst, our worst moments or our rock bottom moments can end up being the ones that shape us the most. And yeah, yeah, but you can't see it at the time.
1: No. And it's like, I don't know if you had this experience, but I had people come to me afterwards and tell me their thoughts Mm -hmm. and that they could see it. It's like, well, why, why are you waiting till now to tell me? Like,
0: you know, oh, I had the exact same thing. I'd say to my friends, oh, I'm too this or I'm too that because my partner would always be telling me what was wrong with me. And they kind of sit there and kind of look, I think they didn't really agree, but they never challenged me. Mm. You know? And my mum said, oh, I, you know, I was really worried about you in that relationship, but I didn't feel like it was my place. And it's really, it's like a very fine line, isn't it? Um, yeah a friend in an unhealthy relationship, it's a fine line, you know, whether you get involved or not. I yes,
1: guess. and I feel like um I probably wouldn't have um agreed with them at the yeah. time, but I know I'm the kind of person like that seed would have then been planted yeah. for me to yeah. and then i I probably would have started to
0: see things sooner than I did, really yeah um, yeah do you I don't know if you find this with any of your clients but for some of my clients they'll come to me especially young women they'll come to me with anxiety or maybe feeling flat and they won't talk about their relationship much at all or they'll make it sound like that's the best thing going on in their lives but as they start to become more self-aware and confident they actually often end up re- ending these relationships and mm-hmm. realizing that that was what was bringing them down yeah so I've I've been I've seen that pattern quite a lot actually.
1: Yeah. Know, and especially I think when you know when you are in your early twenties, um, you know, it's such a time like you you kind of it's like the first time that you're really out in the world and you don't really know who you are yet. And um and yeah, you kind of just I don't know, I fell into that thinking I felt the same, like I I who you know, um I had no self esteem or no self worth. And so, you know, being in a relationship made me feel like, Oh, well, someone likes me. I must be okay. You know? And, um, instead of, you know, having that sort of internal validation and that confidence, you know, you look for it in, in, in a partner,
0: Yes. that Yeah. I mean, the, the therapist, when I ended that relationship, she got me to read this book called Women Who Love Too Much. And it's basically about that pattern. Like I really related to it a lot where, because I didn't feel whole within myself and I didn't have a sense of direction and purpose. I kind of latched onto this relationship mm. with someone who had problems, who needed my help. And it was almost a way of me avoiding dealing with my own stuff. And yeah, so I think that is like, Yeah, a a very hard lesson to learn. Mm. But, but like, so glad that I learned it.
1: Me too. Yeah, Yeah, me too. And so grateful for all of the things that came like when I ended that and, you know, got real with myself.
0: Me too. (laughs) But it doesn't happen overnight. I think I made a similar pattern, similar mistakes for a while. Like, it didn't change overnight for me. No,
1: no. No, it's a, definitely a journey and there's still, um, you know, even now, like there's still things that are, come up for me around that sort of stuff and around that time and,
0: yeah. Yeah, me too. And I think there's a bit of stigma around being single for women. It's like, I don't know, we, we, def- we still, it's like women aren't seen as whole or good enough unless they're in a relationship, Yeah. You know? I had my grand. my grandma it was so beautiful. I know she meant so well with this, but ev- when I was single, when I was younger, every time she saw me, it would be, do you have a boyfriend yet? You know? And she meant that in such a loving way because her generation, that was, you know, what you did as a woman, Yes, you know, but it was always really like triggering for me as mm. well.
1: Yeah. I totally get that. I remember I was talking to my dad when I was, contemplating ending the relationship and you know he was just like you know so what if you're alone you know you're not going to be alone like think about all the amazing things you could do you travel the world and all and I got really fired up about that <laughs> I was like yes I'm gonna do that did
0: you do, do lots of traveling after oh no because
1: the- then Jesse confessed yeah. his love for me and that was all over so <laughs> obviously
0: one door closes another one
1: opens. He was just waiting for the opportunity to get in there
0: <laughs> I didn't know that about you guys so yeah,
1: so we we knew each other um all through that relationship. That's actually how I met Jesse, He was a friend of of this person, yeah. and um we just hit it off, and we were such good friends, and he really helped me all through um, yeah. the breakup and was very supportive and um, and yeah, just um. Yeah, just, just was like, well, actually,
0: Lucy. <laughs> no, I'm just like feeling a bit like, oh, I had, it took me like another eight years to find. Out. But I did and do a lot of. Um, th- this is another thing that's interesting. Like, I was very shy and lacking in confidence. Like, I was not someone who was born confident, and but I did a lot of solo travel because you know I had gotten swept up in that relationship in my twenties, and I'd always planned to go and work as a social worker in London. But then I got, you know, swept up in the relationship. But so in my mid-20s, I went and did a lot of solo travel and it really helped me find my confidence. You mm.
1: know,
0: that I'm pretty confident when I'm travelling on my own. Uh, and I like that having that choice of either being on my own or meeting someone and travelling with them. Yeah. So for me, even though, yeah, I did find being single was hard back then because I felt like everyone else in my life was all coupled. Mm. Uh, I think it was actually good for me and my confidence. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: interesting because I, um, I never, like, I never really, I never had relationships or anything at school or, you know, in my late teens, early 20s. And I actually escaped. I ran away (laughs) to go and live in London because Mm -hmm. I was just like, everyone's in a relationship and I'm not, nobody likes me. And so the opportunity came and we were going over there for a a family wedding. And I was like, I'm I'm just going to stay. I'm just (laughs) going to stay here. And um, (laughs) yeah, I kind of ran away for a little bit and traveled while I was there and then came back and yeah. and fell into that. But
0: anyway, that's so you. Um, I can just imagine you just um just like I'm just going to stay like so <laughs> so spontaneous. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was good. I I really um it was it's funny like looking back now. I realized like how how it really shaped me a, a lot of you know, doing that when I was so young and traveling around on my own. Um, And it was actually, it was actually a really great experience for me. Mm. Um, Yeah. Before I was kind of tied down to, you know, a job or a house or, you know, any of that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think it's a, mm. I think it's something that is really good for young women traveling solo or with with other people. Uh, and for me, like I grew up in a really small country town, and so when I moved to Perth, even Perth felt like this really big, scary city. Mm. And so then living in London and traveling, like I went to India on my own. Like I did a lot of travel. It just it was really good for my confidence and mm. made me realize as a mum, oh, I definitely want my daughter to see. You know the rest of the world before yeah. she settles down, and you know if she even decides to settle down. Yeah,
1: definitely. We you know when anyone ever anyone asks me um, if they should travel or if they should go and live somewhere, I'm always. The answer is always yes. Yeah, like always. Like, what's the worst you could happen? You have to
0: come home. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like so true. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And I feel actually like talking about this makes me think like I have really seen a few young people that were meant to be traveling this year and they haven't. Yeah. It like, really goes out to them if they're listening because I think it's, yeah, really tough like not having that opportunity right now.
1: Yeah, big time. Even I was talking to um my two of my brothers live in Melbourne and so they're just going into 6 week lockdown again and um you know, they really were supposed to come, it's my dad, it's our dad's birthday, 70th in September, and they were supposed to come back for that. Yeah. And now they're just like, don't even know if we're going to be able to come back for Christmas. Like, I don't know when it's going to end. And it's just like, it's really, yeah, it's just, it's so um, just not normal <laughs> to not be able to just jump on a plane and fly home or, you know, like decide that you want to, go away or, you know, people have got these big trips planned that they've probably, you know, planned for years and now they can't go and it's just, it's really heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, it's very um, it's very disorientating too, I think. Depending on where you are, it's almost like, oh, you expect life to go back to normal but it, it's not really normal and, you know, in Perth we're really lucky but, yeah, other cities are still struggling and mm. other countries are really
1: it tough yeah it's interesting i was talking to someone today um you know we're so lucky here in the west that things are pretty much back to to the way that they were the new normal yeah. um and then it's kind of like you feel um the that you feel horrible and the, and the guilt and the fear and everything for melbourne and the rest of the world and then like the guilt starts like that actually we're really safe here and you know, like should we really be going out and celebrating when like, you know, Melbourne is in lockdown again and all these horrible things are happening all over the world and it's like,
0: yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I've been feeling a lot of guilt. Like mm-hmm. I often feel guilt for my privilege in the life that I've had and like, like so much gratitude but also guilt like mm. it's really interesting. I think our brains kind of just go there to... To worry and to guilt when yeah. things well, it's like our brains are trained to look for problems and to look for things that could go wrong. Yeah, and yeah, we we are. I think we're feeling quite safe in Perth. And yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we um we have just been incredibly lucky here. I think you know, yeah. everyone's kind of done the right thing, and I think it was handled very well. And um. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we're like the most isolated. I always used to say in my twenties, oh, that's so crap. We're in the most isolated city in the world. But I have to say for COVID, like, you know, yeah, it's probably helped make it a little bit easier for us.
1: Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> oh, well, it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today, Sam.
0: Oh, i loved it. I was just thinking, wow, we've spoken about so many different things, and I love the way you do podcast interviews because you didn't really give me any like preparation or any questions, and it's just made it really flow, and it just feels like chatting to a good friend. Yeah, and we could probably go on for another hour, but
1: probably. I <laughs> have to come. We have to. have to have you back for um for round two. I was thinking yeah. about that the other day. I'm like, why is there's like no rules. Like I can have people on as many times as I like. Like yeah, <laughs> it's my podcast.
0: <laughs> we can do a round two and like maybe in a year, like a life update. Totally. That? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> You're very easy to talk to.
1: Thank you. I think, um, I don't know, I just, it, this the whole podcast thing has been very easy for me. I... Enjoy talking to people. I think, yeah, um, yeah, that's part of the reason why.
0: Yeah, and
1: um, I just I think also I'm incredibly lucky to know so many amazing women.
0: Yes, you do.
1: <laughs> and, and and be able to have them on and and you know so many amazing women who have either you know amazing stories and doing amazing things in the world. So,
0: and I'm grateful to get to share that. Yeah, I think you're natural. If anyone's looking for a coach. I think Lucy is a natural at listening and getting people to open up. So,
1: (laughs) Oh, thanks, Kransky. (laughs) He just needed to (laughs) insert himself in.
0: He's agreeing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think someone might have rung the doorbell. Oh,
0: maybe that's (laughs) (laughs) why. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I've loved it.
1: Thank you. Um. So that wraps up this episode. Don't forget to follow me and Sam on our socials. They're going to be linked in the show notes. And join my gang. Don't forget to have fun and I'll see you next time.